You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. Welcome back to the Hunters Advantage Podcast. This is episode number 138. Not joined, but I'm here with Jacoby Gaylord. Second podcast of the night. How you holding up? You know, it's a whopping 8.50 in my old age. That's that's about bedtime. Yeah, Abby's already asleep. You're defying. <laughs> you're defying. You're about to go to the coffee machine to... Yeah, I'll hear about it later. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so we got something pretty exciting coming up, Jake. Are we uh, we about to hit a pretty big milestone on YouTube? Yeah, we're at two hundred subscribers, guys. We're about to <laughs> we're about to break it. What uh, that just made me think of the funniest thing ever happened when we were uh, when we had Cole Cannon of Buck Ventures on. He said, "Yep, trying to get to a hundred thousand followers on." To Instagram and goes, I'm at 3,000. <laughs> so Just a little ways to go. Oh, it was so funny. Um, no, so we are having a really exciting giveaway. Uh, we're almost to 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. We're at 9.14 thousand. Um, and we've had a lot of really cool folks interact with us and support us since 2019, over four years ago when we started the Hunter's Advantage. So we wanted to do something big for you guys and something big for you that would hurt our pocketbooks. And so we're, we're, we're thinking of something big with, uh, for our 10 K on, on YouTube. And we had to do it. We had to do it with our buddies out over out on a limb. You've been using their saddle gear, Jake, this season, first year using it. What are you impressed? Should, should these folks be excited for the giveaway, man? The the sad thing is is whoever wins this is going to have a better saddle hunting setup than me. As long <laughs> as you already have a saddle, you're going to have a better like, yeah. Basically, everything besides the saddle, you're going to have a better setup than me, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So and when I mean better, I just mean a more updated version. That's true. So whoever gets this, um, they're gonna. I think I think they're gonna have a good time. Uh, we're gonna. So the the purpose of this episode one is to announce the giveaway. But two, we have some really cool questions that we fielded from Facebook, from email, and from TikTok that we're going to talk about. But first, we wanted to outline this giveaway and talk about the prizes, talk about what you got to do to enter, and I think it's going to be a pretty good time. I literally might make like five alt accounts and just try to enter in that way because like when I say it's better than my setup, it's better than my setup. So y'all should listen. It's funny because Hunter Williamson, a guy that you guys have probably seen in some of the YouTube videos... Um, he was like, can I enter? And I said, yeah. And he goes, will you just tell everybody else that you, uh, you know, that I won? And I was like, no, He's, <laughs> he, he was after I told him what we were giving away. Um, if you're interested in running gun hunting, public land hunting, saddle hunting, anything like that, um, I think it's gonna be a pretty good giveaway for you guys. So it's, it's fairly simple. Uh, I'll walk through the details and then we can get into some of the Q and a, um, probably some of the stuff you came for, but Hey, free stuff. Who doesn't want to hear about that a little bit? So like I said, we're at 9,100 just over that on YouTube. 
Um, once we hit 10,000 on YouTube, we're giving away over $700 worth of prizes for one winner. So we, Jake and I kind of kicked this back and forth. We were like, Hey, do we want to give three winners an okay prize? Or do we want like one big kahuna taken home? One big kahuna. So somebody's going to be very happy and, um, there's ways to get more than one entry. So let's talk about it a little bit, but let's first talk about what we're giving away. Um, first is a set of three out on a limb shakar fixed sticks. So what that means is out on a limb, when they originally came out with their shakar sticks, you could fold the top um, of the stick where it was completely flat and they would stack together. Well, they've actually came up with a new system where you don't have to do that on each one of the sticks and they just stack vertically um, or horizontally on top of each other. And they are very, very packable. So those are a really nice set of sticks and those are easily super high 50 bucks. And yeah. yeah, they're just, I think they're just over a pound per stick. Um, and they're going to come with straps. So that's pretty sweet. If you want to upgrade the straps, that's fine, but you'll have everything you need with those sticks. I don't think people understand like, like, I mean, maybe they do, but if you literally Google like lightest, uh, climbing sticks or lightest saddle platform out on the limbs, literally the first one to pop up these. Yeah. These are focused on not only quality, but weight. So if you're one of those guys that's like an, likes to measure in ounces, you're going to be happy with this. So Absolutely. one is the sticks. Um, I will say a little bit about the sticks. I've ran the same set of them for three years now. They bite the tree like the tree stole their lunch money, like the tree spit on their mama or something like that. They <laughs> they bite the tree like they're pissed off. I don't know why that is, but they the teeth on them are extremely aggressive. And you won't have any issue with slippage uh, out of the tree or any kickouts. So that's number one. Number two is an out on a limb Ridge Runner 2.0 platform. This is the best platform that out on a limb has. And MSRPs for almost two hundred and forty dollars. And it gets on sale right now on their website, but almost two hundred forty bucks. Super nice platform. I ran it all last season. Um, it's a good one, and it's lightweight too. Yeah, so I have one that like you have to see the podium. Yeah, I have the podium and still really, really good. But I got the podium before I think he even came out with the 2.0, the Ridge Runner. And dude, that thing's sweet. Like if I could trade, I would trade just because <laughs> I like the style a little bit better. Like I like the like the almost a downward pressure rather than the podium. You have to kind of upseat it if you kind of know what I mean. Mm-hmm like pull up to be able to seat it down. And let me tell you, like from hunting with you this last season, it was like, it was night and day difference. And so like, you're definitely getting the best of the best. Yeah. And what he's talking about a little more in detail is the cam over style. Like on the, on the original 2.0, you tighten the strap and it's already tight on the tree before you cam it over. Right. And when you cam it over, that sucker is mad at the tree. Personal it, preference. I mean, I'll, yeah. like, but yeah, you're definitely getting the, the best one from them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, last thing we're going to give in the giveaway. It wouldn't be a Hunter's Advantage giveaway if <laughs> we didn't give away some sort of Hunter's Advantage merch. So for the winner, we're going to send either a uh, Army Green or a nice uh, cream-colored HA shirt, Hunter's Advantage logo on the front, and a bl- your choice of a black um, leather patch hat or a camouflage leather patch ha hat and some of the best merch around i mean if i do say so myself but only only killers wear it yeah exactly yeah 
uh, guaranteed to bring your kill ratio way up. But those three things, the set of three Shakar fixed sticks, the Ridge Runner 2.0, and the merch, all of that stuff combined before shipping is like a seven over a $700 value. So, and if you've seen the shipping prices lately, you know that we probably could call that 800 very easily. <laughs> I shipped, <laughs> I shipped three pieces of paper to Pope and young today and it cost me $19. So yeah, we're not including shipping in there too. So we're, we're going to take the hit on that. The first thing that you'll see us do uh, regarding this giveaway is we're going to post a video on YouTube in the next few days. And we're probably going to call it something like 10,000 subscriber giveaway dash hunters advantage. You'll see that out on the YouTube channel. That's step one. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the entry rules. So since we're partnering up with Out on a Limb for this giveaway, um, you're going to need to either follow, you're going to need to follow us, which is Hunter's Advantage on Facebook or at Hunter's underscore Advantage on Instagram. And you're going to have to follow Out on a Limb, which on Instagram is out underscore on underscore a underscore limb. I need to take a breath underscore MFG underscore LLC. Or just look for out on a limb. It's a lot of easier way to find it. And yes. you can follow us on one of the two. So if you're following on Facebook, preferably you Instagram, preferably Instagram. <laughs> but if you follow us and out on a limb on Facebook, that's good. Or you follow us and out on a limb on Instagram. That's good. That's step one. Step two, you're going to have to subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is hunters advantage on YouTube, not the podcast channel, just regular hunters advantage. You'll see it. We're over 9,000 subs. It'll be easy. So once you followed us and out on a limb on either Instagram or Facebook, what you need to go, what you need to go do is subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is hunters advantage. I believe it's at hunters advantage on YouTube. You'll see it. 9,000 subscribers, not the podcast channel comment done. And then your username um, whether that's on Instagram or your name on Facebook. The reason that we want you guys to do that is so we can track your additional entries that you're going to put on Facebook or Instagram by tagging your friends. So let's talk about that for just a minute. Every time you tag three people on the original post, that is one additional entry. So whether you do that on Instagram or whether you do that on Facebook, that is one additional entry. And we're going to max that at 10 extra entries per person. And so that'll be a total of 11 entries max per person, depending on how many people you want to tag in the comments. And just to reiterate one more time, when you comment done on the 10,000 subscriber YouTube video, please leave your Facebook name or leave your at um, on Instagram, your handle, so that we can match up those additional entries to your actual username. Because if you do it and you have a different YouTube name and a different Instagram name, we're not going to be able to track that. And we're not going to be able to verify that you were subscribed to the YouTube. So that's the way that we're going to manage that. And finally, on the giveaway, once we hit 10,000 subscribers, I don't know if that will be in five days, hopefully, or 30 days. Once we hit that, we're going to announce the winner within two days. Give us a couple days to get all of our ducks in a row, to line up all of the entries, um, and assign a number to each one of those because we're going to be doing a random number generator in order to find who wins. So we're going to announce that winner on Instagram live. And there will also be a subsequent post video that goes out on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. If the winner is not on the live at the time when we announce it and we'll reach out to you via message. So don't worry about claiming your prize. We're going to reach out to you. And lastly, I'll reiterate one more time. We're going to use 
random number generation. So it is really, really important that we can match up all of your entries to your YouTube name. That's right. Because if you're Billy Bob Joe on YouTube and then you're Deerslayer76 on Instagram, we're not going to be able to line those up and then I'll just have to keep everything. So <laughs> it, unless, <laughs> if, if you guys don't want to see Jake with a $700 setup and some sweet HA merch, um, then please, please enter the giveaway and do it in the, in the correct way. We'll have a post about this. It'll all be laid out in the video. So don't think you have to like get a notepad and write all this down. Um, if you're a podcast listener, but those are the details of the giveaway. We're really excited. Um, we're really excited to be giving away some mountain limb stuff because it really is the lightest, is. the best bees stuff. Knees. It is the bee's knees. Um, and then also, once the winner receives their stuff, I assume that'll be a couple weeks after you know they've received it, they're going to want to go stick it on a tree. They're going to want to go hang out of their saddle for a little bit. We want to have you on the podcast just for a few minutes at the end of one of the episodes to talk about the gear you received and just give us some genuine feedback on the giveaway and out on a limb. We know you're going to love the gear. And we want to bring you guys on to talk about it. And that'll be another way for you guys to verify someone actually got the gear. They didn't just do one of the they didn't just do a fake giveaway. So that's what we're gonna do. We're really excited about it. And I hope you guys are too. With that, I hope that all made sense. We're gonna jump into some QA and remember be on the lookout for that video uh detailing the ten thousand subscribers because it is coming. So Jake, you wanna take the first email question? Did we clear everything on that? Anything you want to reiterate? I think uh, think that's it. When you right. comment done on the YouTube video, please leave your name or your username. Please. I do not want you giving hagging all your friends and not getting every entry you can. Yeah, yep, yep. All right, so jumping into the emailed <clears throat> questions, this is uh, Connor asks, what are you all's <clears throat> thoughts on Mitch? I, I assume there's a little bit of a... Uh, Auto-correction there. A little grammatical. Yeah. What are y'all's uh, thoughts on the Mitch Rompala buck? Do you think it's real? Oh, no. I, I want to let you go with this one. That's a brutal That's a brutal question. Um, the Mitch Rompala buck is probably one of the most impressive typical deer you will ever see if it's real. Um, I read – I've watched several videos on it, one from Exodus. The video that you did, obviously, was – well done too. Um, obviously, obviously, uh, <laughs> to me, the way that the rack is laid out with the 30 inch spread and talking about all the bucks that Mitch had killed that were above 26 inches spread in a place in Michigan where bucks like that typically don't exist. That seemed fishy to me, dude. Yes. So when I was researching it, like in the history of the record keeping in Michigan, there was only like, I don't know the exact number, but like less than two handfuls, if not less than one handful of bucks with uh, the spread credit of like over, I think 20 inches, which 20 inch spread is ridiculous already spread. as it is wherever. I mean, no matter where you're at, but for Traverse city, Michigan, there's a, like, there was only like a select few that ever have like 20 or 23 inch, like wide that was bigger than that or something like that. And this man killed, that buck which i think was in 1998 and then consecutive years afterwards he killed like like i think three to five bucks that had like over a 20 inch spread and so he's killed like five it was years. a 26 inch spread 25 inch spread something yeah like that. it was so something crazy like that but like <clears throat> you're telling me that this man killed that in like 
that amount of deer with that spread within like a five year period when no one else in the history of Michigan that has reported their deer. Let, let me, let me just say that that has actually entered their deer in of over 20 inch spread. I don't know. That does not make sense. There's a lot of controversy around the scoring of the deer. I saw a new Facebook article the other day that was like, the official scorer speaks out like about yeah. the um man, there's just so much so many odd circumstances around the Mitch Rampala buck, which you know, the scrutiny is is to be expected, right? Like when you shoot a two hundred something inch typical like that, thirty inch spread, yeah, there's gonna be some scrutiny. Um I don't know. So, it's it's hard to tell. Yeah. Uh I don't know if we should say this, but again, I'm not name dropping, but we talked to our taxidermist or after I released that video, he messaged and was like, uh, uh, said he watched the video and he, long story short, he basically said he thinks it's faked because uh, he remembers when that happened. And at the time, uh, the high fence operations in Michigan were pretty like prevalent. Yeah, they were they were around. And he said it would really be nothing for like him to uh, basically buy a deer. And then, which, as soon as he said that, I was like, you know, it makes sense because, like, every single one of his deer had that, that like, the consecutive bucks he harvested after the, the 1998 buck had, like, that crazy wide frame. And he was like, yeah, same, same, same deer farm, basically. That, that, that's, what his, that's what his thoughts were. And I was like, yeah, I mean, kind of makes sense. <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's one of those things that, Mitch seemed like a very um, introverted guy, but at the same time, there's very well documented videos of him openly talking about his deer, showing everybody his deer. He filmed the recovery. But that's another thing. Like, I'm I'm not trying to cut you off, but like, he, I understand like like getting scrutinized and all that stuff. Like, you know, everybody's saying like it's a lie. So I'm not even like, screw it. I'm not gonna let anyone see it. I understand that aspect of it. As I said in the video, but the thing is though, is like, if he wasn't like, like it, cause he's, he, he said, this isn't why I hunt. This isn't why I hunt. Like I, I'm not hunting to please, like please everybody else. Yeah. If that's not why he hunts. And so he's not going to score the deer. Why did he have his other deer scored? All of his previous deer scored. Cause he had, he had multiple in the record book. He had a Missouri state record and, and yada, yada, yada. A lot of a lot of big bucks, but why did he stop at that one? I mean, granted, I'm sure the backlash was crazy, being it being a potential world record and stuff. But you're missing out on money if it is a, a legitimate buck, and you're also don't want to silence the skeptics. And then also on top of that, it just doesn't make sense when you scored a, like previous deer, but you're not going to score a world record. Which, if someone's lucky enough to score a world record, like have have that ability to it's almost like a duty at that point it's just like you know like whether or not you signed up for it like it kind of comes with the territory you know what i mean at that point if i killed the world record and i did it completely legitimately and people are going to say what they're going to say right but right. if i did kill one completely legitimately my thoughts would be out of respect for the deer there's no one that's going to exactly. tell me that this is not a world record because the deer grew that rack and I killed it with my bow, I would be like, this is the world record. I mean, I'm not trying to, maybe I'm, you guys think I'm trying to become famous for this or profit off of it, but it's the world record. At a minimum, I'm going to do it for the deer. 
right? Score it, make sure it's legitimate. You don't got to go road show it. You don't got to go take it to every single. No, uh, but you don't have to. But, but that's what I'm I, saying. I think that like this is how it works is like, even if you don't want to, you can like basically sell someone a replica of, of that deer and then they can go show it. And, but you yeah. still get money from that. Of course. You so do. you don't have to do anything. And so that's what's kind of yeah. crazy about the whole situation. It's an odd situation. Um, I think what'd the you, what'd you think of the pictures, like, or or that recovery video or anything like that? Does anything seem like sketch about that? Looking at a two hundred inch typical, that seems pretty sketchy. It, the it wasn't the two hundred inch thing that that threw me off. It was the frame, the width of the frame, and how unnatural those horns look. Like you do not see. Look at another two hundred inch typical. They don't have that kind of like they're a 25, 26 inch spread with just an incredible time link. That deer's spread was un uh, otherworldly. You don't even see that in a high fence very often. So I'm just like, man, it doesn't look real. Granted, if I ever see a 200 typical on the ground, I'd be like, that doesn't look real. Right. Like that's, that's kind of what I was saying too. It's like on the flip side, on the flip side of Mitch Rompala, even if half of his bucks were actually real, which we have no reason to believe the other ones weren't real. Like, you know, if you if you take this 1998 book out of the equation, we have no reason to believe all of his other books aren't real. 100%. But with the 1998 book, even if you take 50% of it, it's just like even if half of those are real, he's still an incredible hunter. He's a killer. Like nobody would you, deny that. If you sit down and listen to him talk, like he he was and I mentioned again, he was way ahead of his time. Like the way he was talking about like uh like the amount of scouting he puts in and just there's only like three videos of him talking. And if you go listen to those, you'd be like, I understand. He reminds me of, uh, like a Dan Infault, um, uh, like to some extent, like yeah. just a woods creature who is just a freaking deer killer, you know, like he's just right. one of those guys. And does he hold a world record? Only God knows, but right. I can tell you one thing. He is a hell of a bow hunter. I know I came out kind of hot in the beginning of this. Like, Oh no, like, you know, X, Y, Z stuff like that. Like, do I really know? No, but like, could it be real? Could it be fake? Maybe some of the know. fun is in the discussion though. Right. It is. So, some of the fun is in the discussion. And I, yeah. And I guess it shouldn't matter to us, but I guess when deer season's over and all the fun's over, what else do you have to think so about? Much. Yeah. <laughs> but somebody else's deer. Yeah. I'm uh, I got question number two. Um, this comes from Zachary. I'm just going to call him Hanky Hunts because that's what I know him as. Mm. Um, he said, "What?" And this and this question comes from Facebook. What's a good budget camcorder for self filming? Jake's probably the wrong person to ask. He's not a camcorder guy, dude. I've had I've had one camera, and I think we're upgrading this off season. I don't know, Maybe. but I bought one camera like going into my freshman year of college, and that's that's the only one I've used. DSLR. Yep. Nikon D5200. There you with go. A, with an 18 to 300 millimeter Sigma lens, I think. I think it's called. Yeah. Um, so, Zach, I would say um, for super budget minded, like like $300 or less, Canon Vixia. Can't beat it. That's a good one. Walmart 57. has them for like 220 bucks, I think. Yeah. You got like uh, very good optical zoom. You know, stabilization is not going to be that great. But you can't get everything. You can't have it all at two hundred fifty dollars. 
you know, but to be honest with you, another great option, um, if you're just looking for like another angle or something, or you just want very minimal effort, like no tree camera arm or anything like that, a, a GoPro is a good one. Yeah. A tacticam. Yeah. Something like that. Something that captures the entire angle. But if you're really looking to self film on a camcorder, I'd say Canon Vixia. It's very hard to to beat that at that price point. And for other viewers, if if they're thinking about getting into it, uh, your phone does does pretty good. And I know Add On Limb has a phone like uh, camera arm. And yeah, granted, they do. Uh, that seems to work really well. But uh, yeah, I mean, basically, all you got to do if if like you're like budget budget friendly, you can. Go buy like go buy a cheap camera arm, and then you can probably order an uh, Amazon Fluid Head that is like a, like an adapter to that somehow, some way that will hold a phone instead of like screwing into a camera, and bring a battery charger probably because if you're anything like me, you like playing like blackjack Clash or something. On, yeah, Clash Royale on your phone while you while you sit there and uh, wait on Mister Biggin to walk by. But uh, yeah, you can use your phone and bring a battery pack or two and. Another, another thing I'd say about that is, um, so our buddy Gabe has always asked me, um, you know, here's, here's about filming and stuff like that. Here's my kind of main thesis. Your phone is about a $1,200. Most of them these Basically. days, $1,000, $1,200. They shoot 4k at 24 frames per second, 30 and 60. If you wanted to get a camera, a dedicated, uh, camcorder or a dedicated DSLR or mirrorless camera with lenses, lenses that you can swap out. Of that quality, you'd be spending about fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. So, if you can't afford, and I'm not saying knocking this in any way, but if you're not willing to invest a thousand in a camera, I would stick with your phone. Yeah, because that's a good point. It's way better, and also you they have microphone adapters for like shotgun mics and stuff. You can plug into your phone, and right. that phone is going to be legitimately two to three times better than a Canon Vixia, but it's very hard to wrap your mind around that. Cause you're like, it's a phone. No, it's a, it's a phone. So, it's a computer. Right. It's everything. We were talking about this the other day too. Uh, because the reason I bought like, like my camera, the one I have is it's because I heard it did filming really well. And then it took pictures, you know, rather really, what rather really well. And I was like, so long story short, don't try to do the two in one thing. Right. No. You, if you, if you're looking to, uh, like take pictures, get one that's more obviously way more camera focused than video. And then same with the video side. Like if you're mainly only planning on uh video and like your hunts and stuff, go way more video friendly than, than like a hybrid. Cause I tried to do the hybrid. Cause I was like, well, I'll video my hunts and then I'll have a pretty decent camera to take like, you know, the trophy picks with and all that stuff, you know, it'd be you know pretty cool. No. No, because after the new of the camera gets done and over with, uh, I hardly take pictures. And to come to find out, Christian's phone takes better pictures than than my my camera does on the most jacked up setting. So, and by the way, you can take a uh, if you get a very high quality video camera, you can always go in Premiere Pro or your editing software and take a high quality screenshot That's true. of of your trophy pick, and it's going to look exponentially better and than, more candid, probably. Yeah. Yes, more candid. Um, it's going to look better. So that's just what I'd recommend. Because here's the thing, and I know a lot of people. This is not what Zach was asking, but a lot of people think this way. Go when I get, what are you? Yeah, when I get, <laughs> a, they think when I get a camcorder, 
I'll start filming my hunts. When I get a camera, I'll start filming my hunts. If that is your reason that you're holding back of like producing content or producing videos, then don't let that be the reason because you have a, you have a phone, you can film, you can produce videos. You don't need, and this is coming from a gearhead. I like gear. I think gear's cool. You don't need all the gear to make it work. You really don't. We still film YouTube videos on Jake's camera that we bought six years ago. The, the Nikon. So if that goes to show you anything and my secondary angle is the GoPro I had since like 2014. So (laughs) right there. So it's a session four, baby rant over. What do we got next? Marky with a Y, not an I E. What are you all's thoughts on a call bug? So I reckon he's seen the call bug video. Maybe he posted out. And so, so he said, what are our probably running a books? Yeah, I think he's wanting a, a little bit deeper dive into that. Man, the uh, the 19 minutes wasn't enough. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, man, Cole Bucks is a is such a buzzword. Cole Bucks means everything to everyone always. Uh, so what I think about Cole Bucks, it's a cool idea. You know, killing bucks with inferior genetics to make other bucks bigger is a cool idea. But one thing I've been thinking about quite a bit recently is us as managers have a lot uh, less influence, I think, on the antler quality of bucks than we think. And one of the reasons I say this is because Don Higgins was talking about buck-to-doe ratio the other day, and like a guy owned 100 acres. And he was like, "What? what's the optimal buck-to-doe ratio on my property? What should I try to do? And he was like, to be honest with you, um, if you don't manage 10,000 acres, you're going. To, it's going to be very hard to influence that because you could shoot 50 does, and here come 50 from your neighbors because now there's all this food. And I think it's a similar thing with call bucks. Um, you can shoot uh, smaller racked or inferior racked bucks thinking you're doing a lot of good, but in reality, you don't know what the genetics of the doe are. You don't know what the combination of a buck and a doe genetics together are going to produce. And two, I think one of the only consi- one of the only consistent ways uh, to manage deer is just to shoot for age. And by the way, shooting mature it's hard deer, to do. It's it's hard to do. But shooting mature deer is a trophy. Yeah. Yeah. So you can shoot a buck. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Just shoot a buck. Shoot whatever makes you happy. Don't shoot something young and slap a cold buck tag on it because that's not. No. That's that's a good point. Uh, I mean, I don't even know if I should say this. Uh, But like kind of kind of take a grasp on like on like your your camera data and stuff like that and like maybe maybe bucks you see on the hoof because like my property personally if a deer gets to four it's like wow like that's a shooter yeah like like that's cool like that's that's considered an old buck now granted now in their lifespan like yeah like anymore you look on social media and it's like oh yeah this is an eight-year-old this is a nine-year-old it's like that's cool right like don't, don't don't get too much like social media like don't let that bring you down. Like if you have a four-year-old in a place where every two-year-old gets shot, and I know everybody says that all their neighbors shoot two-year-olds, but like I can, I, I have trail cam, di- trail cam data to prove. <laughs> I have Facebook pictures to prove. Literally that like, I'll let y'all be the judge on aging the deer from the trail cam, but like a four-year-old on my piece of private, that's, that's like, Hey, you know, that's a, that, that's a good buck that, that I don't know how he lived this long. So just just kind of take that like with a grain of salt in your area. The cold buck one's funny because it's like, okay, people are like, I can't 
get a deer to maturity. That's a common problem across north across the states. Okay, so it's like, well, if I don't want to get hazed by people on social media for shooting an immature buck, the only way I can shoot one and still be happy is to say, well, it was a cold buck. You know, had a kicker off the base. It's a cold right. buck. No, dude, if you want to shoot it, shoot it and be happy with it. You don't even have to defend it. You really don't shoot a three. I'll be the buck. first to say I shoot score over age any day. Like, I don't care. Like I have a private now. Have I passed up a deer just because like they're three? Yeah. But I was taking a gamble. Like they would get bigger. I'm not like, I don't care. Like if that deer decreased in age, as long as he increased in antler value, like that's what I was going for when it, if I pass a deer, like, I'm not like, Oh, that's a three-year-old. I really hope that like, you know, I, I really want a four-year-old limit. And like, then I'd shoot it. No, I don't, th- I don't think in those terms, at least on my private, like if maybe if I had a different piece of private somewhere, I might think differently. I'd like to think differently, but it could be a two-year-old 150. And I'd be like, yes, you you can say I'm part of the problem, but Jake, just, Jake smack on the potential state record that every that's, turn. <laughs> that's what I, I'm just going to be the first to say it. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Shoot what shoot what makes you happy. You got enough people. Uh, oh my god, I got to talk about the meme. I've been talking about this meme for like weeks, but you got to talk about that that uh that guy saying you can do call books. Oh, we got to talk uh, about that too. Yes. Okay, okay, I'll do a two part. So first part, my uncle Justin posted a meme on Facebook and we just talk about this in social media quite a bit, but it was a it was a, a skeleton in a tree stand. And um, it was a skeleton holding a bow just like in the tree stand. And it said me waiting for a buck that makes everybody else happy. (laughs) I was just like, dude, that's so true. Like you can shoot a hundred and sixty five inch buck. Well, that's what he did, though. No, 100 percent. Yeah. You could shoot a one sixty five and people are going to say, man, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, you're going to be disappointed or or you're going to, you know, you're not going to be happy with that one. You're going to hear things like that. Right. It's like you're going to be disappointed with the score. Yeah. Or let's say like, you know, you pick up sheds and somebody tries to demoralize your sheds or something. And you're like, you want me to leave them on the ground? You're just not going to please people. You know what I mean? So, I I mean, who gives a frick on that front? On the other front. um, There was always those kids that didn't like their childhood. (laughs) Just saying. And and they grow up and then they try to put it on everybody else. Right, exactly. You send me your picture of your fork, you do. I'll be happy for you. I'll be very happy for you. Uh, there was a guy who I talked to the other day um, on you, Instagram. You don't have to name drop or anything. No, I, I'm just. I was trying to refresh my memory. Um, it basically the premise was we released the Colbuck video. It got a lot of comments. Um, we talked about a scientific study that had been done in South Texas on the Comanche ranch. And it was a long-term study, like nine years, seven years of culling. So, and, and by the way, some with some of the most respected wildlife deer biologists in the country, Bronson Strickland, Randy DeYoung, um, a lot of very respected people. And one of the first comments that we got, or it wasn't a comment. It was a, it was an Instagram message. The person, um, said, Hey, uh, basically told me their name and they were very polite about it. I will say that. But they were like, hey, uh, that video you did was wrong. You can influence genetic on deer. Um, you know, here's my number. Call me and I'll and I'll basically tell you what's up. And I was like, okay, let me ask a few clarifying questions. What what do you mean? I'm, I was like, are you meaning in a high fence? He said, yes, in a high fence. He said, you can affect free range deer. And I was like, okay, we're not on the same page. 
because I said free range deer. Of course, you can most likely control the genetics in a controlled environment. Yes. When when no deer get out, when you choose what stays, what's what goes, of course you can affect the genetics. That's how yes. that works. It's the same thing with cattle. Yes. Another good example, Cassville, Missouri. There's something called Roaring River. Yes. Been to it pretty frequently. It's it's bad to the bone. If y'all have kids, take your kids there. They'll love you. Uh that's like saying every lunker in that big pool by the hatchery is going to be big because I want to take all the small ones out. That's exactly what that means. So the guy, um, the guy basically continued to say, went on to say, yes, I only mean that in high fence, we agreed on the free range thing. And he said a lot of the study areas at the QDM a and Texas A&M Kingsville did at the time were within a high fence. So I went, I went upon myself. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to look like an idiot if this entire study was in a high fence. And I knew it wasn't based on the research I did, but I, I made sure I, t- I contacted Lindsay Thomas at national Deer association. The guy who had published, oh, did you article. really? I did. I, I was like, Hey, this w- study was not in a high fence. Was he? He said, no, there are portions of the fence that are high fence, but there is no enclosures. It's not enclosed. Oh, So it might be like, like one side, like a, is, like a border. Cause like, yeah, right. Like if you're in there, you got to go around, but it's not like we're keeping these deer in a pen and studying them that way. So, right. I thought that was funny. And if that's the case, you would call Don Higgins' property a high fence. Yeah, exactly. So he, uh, Lindsay, he he confirmed that, and that was it was interesting. Um, but me and the guy ended up agreeing. At first, I was like, okay, for what do you mean I'm wrong? You see, I didn't hear the second half, so I came in again with with a little bit of fire. So I apologize. It uh, it got me flustered, you know, when you put a few dozen hours into a video and somebody was like, you're wrong. Let me learn you something, boy. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that TikTok video where it's like, you got soft hands, 80 yeah. hours a mother trucking day. You wake up at three 30 AM. I've been up since yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I was getting like big brothered or whatever, but no, it was, it was really funny. Good. Um, I think we beat the, the Cole buck one pretty good. Hopefully people got to laugh about that one. Yeah. I got, I got a TikTok one ready. All right. So um, I need to pull up TikTok. I, <laughs> this guy's name is Dumb She in the Daylight. <laughs> That's a funny name. He said, uh, "What bow release do you use?" I shoot with my fingers. <laughs> that made me think before you answer this question. I always ask Carol, "My." Dude, what are you going to do if you leave your release in the truck or something? He goes, dude, if I see a big enough one, I swear I'll wrap all four of my fingers around that string, <laughs> pull back, and just let go. He's going to be very disappointed. I've tried that before, like like just at a, like a bow bag and lost an arrow. Dude, you torque your string so much. Like, you put like S-bins in it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to type something in the chat. Go ahead. Okay. No, um... I can just talk to me. I, I used a Cobra moment for a long time, uh, which is a wrist strap release. And what I really liked about that release, um, was it, was uh, it, it was had three different positions. So you could either use it out, um, as a normal release, you could fold it halfway in, or you could fold it all the way close to your wrist. So when you're climbing up the tree, it wasn't like banging on the tree stand and stuff. I really liked that about it. I've switched to a Stan Onyx, which is a, um, thumb button release. Uh, I shot two does with that at the end of the season and uh, I'm 
practice in with that for a few months. And I really like that. I'll be shooting out a total archery challenge and he shot high with that. So, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. It's a great release. It's like, uh, (laughs) you give me a a race car in the Daytona 500. It's all operator error. I ain't, I ain't placing it. I don't care if you give me the best one. So no, no, I was, I, I said that hopefully to you say the truth because if you watch the video, the deer did duck. So I've just given them crap. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What release do you use? Uh, so I just copied you and I asked because my funny enough, you talk about tech, uh, last year in tech at Beaver's Bend, get it on. We have, we have it on video too. Went to draw back for a target and my release just explodes. And I'm like, well, that one's over. But then again, it was Christian's old release from like 10 years ago. So it was about time. It, had its money's worth, that's for sure. Uh, but I switched to the the moment by yep. Cobra, just because Christy told me to. Yep. The Hunters Advantage podcast is powered by Out on a Limb Manufacturing. Out on a Limb is a family-owned company based right here in Oklahoma that makes tree stands, saddle platforms, climbing sticks, and so much more. Christian, I have a quick question. What's that? What bites sound harder, a hippo or an alligator? No idea. It's a trick question. The Ridge Runner 2.0 bites harder than both of them. But all jokes aside, we use these products all across the land on public or private. These help us get into any tree we want and hunt where the deer actually are. Most men go to the grocery store for their meat, but these products help you go to God's grocery store. I have used the Out on a Limb Ridge Runner 2.0 and the Shakar Sticks for the last few years hunting public land bucks, and I've actually shot several bucks out of this setup. If you want to support the podcast and get some Out on a Limb equipment, make sure to go to outonalimmfg.com and use code HNTA10 for 10% off at checkout. Once again, if you want to support the podcast, go to outonalimmfg.com and use code HNTA10 at checkout for 10% off. Now let's get back to the podcast. All right, what else we got? Uh, This one's from CB Klein Smith. Uh, What are y'all's favorite rifle chambers? Um, Well, it's the only one I know, 30 out 6. In about 2016, I uh, got scoped by three times in a row during rifle season. So I kind of, people are like, oh, you really have a passion for bow hunting. I'm like, nope, just don't like rifles. I've been driving me well. Yeah. Um, it's so, almost like that uh, off of the bench warmers where where it's just like. Uh, the sun. Yeah. He's like, hot, hot. Well, how's the moon treating you? Not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, if I had to pick. Um, I won't say 30 out six cause I know Jake's going to say 30 out six. Uh, I really, I think a 22 is a pretty, pretty freaking sweet round. Not you for shooting deer, not for shooting deer. It's not, but I like that round. I think, I don't know. I'm kind of s- stupid the way I pick rounds because I like pick around based on like what looks cool. I, I have no mm-hmm. idea about velocity or, um, drop or weight or anything. I'm like, Six five Creedmoor has a long bullet. Looks very cool. <laughs> and it that's sounds cool. Pick. Yeah. Has a cool name. So I'd say a two two twenty two two fifty. Yeah. My go to would be the thirty out six, but I like the th- I like the thirty thirty. Like my dad had an old lever action uh thirty thirty. It, it, it was pretty sweet. Shot a few deer with it. Shot my first buck ever with it. Yep. You you must enjoy like 150 yards max range. It's fine. All right, what do we got? What do we got next? I I got the next one. I think. 
Um, okay, as Hunter said, how close do y'all get into bucks betting? Well, on when private. Got, hold on. When I got on Wired to Hunt to talk with the Element guys, they asked me how close I get to betting, and I said. I like to get up in their chili. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. Like, like on private, you might want to be a little bit conservative in a way. Uh, uh, in my situation on private, like the only timber I have is betting. So if you hunt it, make sure everything's pitch perfect. Good wind. Uh, yeah, basically good wind. And then, uh, on, on on public, I would say, from your words from Mar to Hunt, get up in their chili because you're not there for a long time. You're there for a good time. You know what I mean? And if you bump them, there's always more spots to hunt. I agree. That's kind of how I feel about it. I would say um depends on the property quite a bit, but public land, I'm a heck of a lot more aggressive. I'm not like Dan in fault where he's like, I got up in the tree and I saw the deer in its bed. No, no, <laughs> you can't see him where we hunt like that. Um, but you know, I'd say a couple hundred yards from betting that'd make me super comfortable. And sometimes that's the highlight of the trip. It's just like, yeah, I was walking to, to my spot and I bumped one and that's the only one I've seen in three days. So it was a good that's day. True. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Private land, a little more conservative, but right. you know, we got have one more i think i think this is the last ooh, question hunt works he says why do i suck at hunting so bad god gives his hardest battles to his tough soldiers <laughs> <laughs> literally i ask myself that question every single year and so when you figure it out write a book and i guarantee you can make a killing because I'd, I'd buy at least three copies hunt works the reason that god is doing this to you is because you do so well with your like little Debbie TikToks and your Casey Pizza TikToks about your stomach rumbling. <laughs> he knows that it'll inspire your creative juices to make better content. And I'll be honest, some of my favorite videos on all of TikTok are Huntworks videos. Like he takes sounds and makes them so funny. Like he did a video the other day where he was he was like me knocking on the landowners asking for permission. It's the guy's like, you got soft hands, boy, you got soft hands. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, dude, it's so fun. I, I love for hand me outs nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Hunt works. I don't I don't think you're bad. I, I think your issue was what our issue was in Kansas. You just passed too nice of a buck too early in the season. That's what I'm saying, baby. That's we're gonna we be do. we're gonna be like advocates for like the okay center. And I'm not saying like like that in a bad light at all, but I'm just saying like I, I can promise you if it's brown, it's never pass <laughs> dude it's down next year i can promise you that never pass is like one of my favorite things that they say it's like i'm with you yeah never pass. i can gar i can guarantee you so yeah we're gonna get it done next year i promise that's right um that's all we had for questions that one was fun uh i always like the q a because you never know if you're gonna get serious questions or you're gonna get some funny ones like that and it's actually one of my favorite things to do is the Q&A. So thank you guys for sending in the questions. And uh, got some cool stuff on YouTube. Stuff up on YouTube. Be looking out for the 10,000 subscriber giveaway. That's coming soon. It Very, very soon on the YouTube video. Um, make sure to leave us a rating and review. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Every one of them. Go sub on YouTube. What else you got for him, Jake? 
Uh, I would say if you don't think you're going to win the giveaway and you really want something from Add on Limb anyways, you can go check them out. If you don't know about them, they're a really good Oklahoma-based company, as you already said uh, in the start of this podcast. But uh, yeah, go check them out. If you find something you like, uh, be sure you use code HNTA10 at checkout for 10% off. That's right. And by the way, if you don't think you're going to win the giveaway, we could have like 15 people enter and you could have won it. So please don't be Literally. one of those guys. I've I've seen giveaways before. They're like, all right, we had 12 people to draw from. I'm like, dude, I could have been so, like four of those people with my all emails. A quick story. I don't know who it was. If it was uh, Greg, I want to murder his last name. Uh, Greg Glessinger. Glessinger, uh, yep. Yeah. He, I think it was him. He was giving, a ba- uh, giving away a bow sometime last year. And, and I was like, Psh, I'm not even going to enter. I entered and I entered three times. And there was only there was like less than a thousand or it's either five hundred or a thousand people that entered. And he like did the did the Instagram live and stuff and showed it. And I seen my name where like it stopped and I had it had my name three times in a row. And then like two or three down, that's the person that that uh that won the bow. Oh. and I was like sad face emoji. Dang. So it could happen. It could happen. You could be the guy. Not to me, obviously, but maybe to you. Yeah, exactly. So make sure to enter. And uh, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Hunter's Advantage podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.